0: And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And we're going to recap where we left off from last week. And we were talking about man's need for salvation. Amen. And we were talking about how sin came into the world. Let's begin there in our recap of last week. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man... That was Adam and death as a result of sin. So death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sinned. So we all sinned and we were all falling short of the glory of God because of one man. And we were contaminated because he was contaminated by the result of eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the very tree that God told Adam and Eve not to eat from amen so Romans chapter 6 verse 23 for the wages which sin pays is death but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Christ Jesus our Lord Romans chapter 3 verse 23 since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and glory which god bestows and receives so we have all sinned and we're all falling short of the honor and glory which god bestows and receives outside of christ amen and today we're going to be talking what happens at salvation why did we need jesus we need jesus to be saved from the punishment that we are due and that we word you by the Lord sentencing us, amen, to a punishment of eternal death. Because remember, eating the fruit of that tree meant that we will surely die. So now God, who loves us tremendously, even though we deserve eternal death, he does not want us to suffer eternal death in hell. Because we will never go to sleep and never wake up. We will always be awake after our last breath, amen? And so we will have to go either one of two places, either hell or heaven, depending on a decision that we make. And God has already made his decision. His decision was to send Jesus so that you may choose him. But you have a choice because you have a free will that God does not violate. Amen. Now you may have people praying for you, praying that you would receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And the Lord will answer those prayers in the way of sending people to you to talk about Jesus, to have the Holy Spirit speak to you, to try to convict you to know that you need to find out about the Lord. But the Lord will not force you to make a decision one way or the other. So the Lord will put everything in your path that he possibly can to help you make that decision, but the decision is yours. So in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe adhere to trust in and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead you will be saved so that is the requirement for being saved as observed in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that you confess And you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord. That means your lips, not the lips of your pastor, not God's lips, not your mother's lips, your own lips. And you have to acknowledge. You use your mouth to say that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And we have to keep Jesus as our Lord every day. This is not a one-time-at-the-altar situation. And we have to believe in our hearts. Amen. Adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, and then you will be saved. Now, let's have a look at some of the benefits of being saved as a part of salvation. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. And all these verses are coming to you from the Amplified Classic Edition. Amen? Amplified Classic Edition version. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, All are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in christ jesus now that's a lot so let's go back over verse 24 all are justified now that means all who give their lives to the lord who confess him as lord amen confess jesus as lord believe in their hearts that god raised him from the dead and acknowledge jesus as lord amen We shall be saved. So all of those people that do those things are justified and made upright. Okay, so I want you to focus here on made upright. You are made upright. You are made in right standing. You do not have to earn it, lest any man should boast in your works. It's not about works. You cannot do anything to receive salvation except for make the decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Amen. But once you do that in your heart, then God makes you upright. You have no choice at that point. He already did. He made you upright. You do not have to earn being upright because we could never earn the wonderful gifts that God has already blessed us with in salvation. We could never earn them in a daily wage. Amen. Only Jesus could have paid for these amazing amazing spiritual blessings and heavenly places so all are justified and made upright and in right standing with god freely and gratuitously by his grace is unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in christ jesus now the other word there is justified and we're going to be looking at it in just a moment but also notice that it says that god's grace is unmerited favor and mercy. We do not deserve his favor or mercy, but God has blessed us with it nonetheless. We don't deserve it, but God loves you so much. You are worth it to God for him to pour mercy and favor and his grace on you. Amen. Through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So nothing is available outside of Christ Jesus because Jesus has paid for it all. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So everything is in Christ Jesus. And we'll be talking about that also in a little bit here. So let's have a look at the word justified. It says, all are justified, verse 24, and made upright and in right standing with God. We cannot stand in front of the Father outside of Christ Jesus and be considered upright and justified. We can only be that in Christ, inside Christ. Amen. So what's justified mean? What it means to be justified, according to BibleStudyTools.com, it says justification is the declaring of a person to be just or righteous. It is a legal term signifying acquittal. So let's have a look at what acquittal means. Acquittal means a judgment that a person is not guilty of the crime with which the person has been charged. Now, I'm sure that you can imagine right now that we have been guilty of at least one or more sins. Amen? One example of a crime or sin, if we have ever said one lie in our entire life, we have gone against the commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor according to exodus chapter 20 verse 16 so you can see that we are immediately guilty amen and remember back to the garden of eden that had we not eaten of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil we would not know how to lie because we would not know evil and a lying is a form of evil it's unrighteousness there's no need to lie because we should be speaking the truth Amen. So, Psalm chapter 103, verses 10 to 14. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. So, verse 10. He, God, that means, has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That means for every sin that you've committed, God has not dealt with you because of your sins. He has not punished you because of your sins. Now you may say, well, when I sinned, something bad happened to me. But that is not God punishing you for your sin. That is you reaping of the same kind that you sowed. You sowed sin, and now you reap the repercussion of that sin. God set up the law... Of sowing and reaping back in Genesis. But that doesn't mean he is dealing with you after your sins. It means that you are simply reaping what you sow. So you can sow righteousness and you will reap righteousness. You can sow unrighteousness and you will reap unrighteousness. It's a law that's in place. But God does not personally come to you as soon as you sin and punish you because of a sin you've committed so how does god take care of justice he's a lover of justice so how does he take care of our sins because he has to take care of the problem there has to be a response to that and so if he has not dealt with us for our sins and iniquities who did he deal with the answer of course is his only begotten son jesus and god made jesus who had no sin To be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god and we will get to that verse in just a moment i'm sure you know that's a verse but we will get to that in context in just a moment but jesus had no sin that's why he was the perfect sacrificial lamb on the tree hanging on the tree the cross amen so that we might become the righteousness of god in christ jesus amen So that is who God the Father has dealt with according to our sins. He should have dealt with us, but because he loved us, he dealt with his Son who paid for our sins in our place on the cross. The great exchange, as you probably heard. So Psalm chapter 103, verse 10, again, and I repeat this one more time because I know that people are constantly thinking, I'm so bad, I sinned, God's mad at me, I'm going to have to pay somehow for this sin. No, God has not dealt with you after your sin. He's dealt with Jesus after your sin. But what you need to do is to get back up off the floor and say, Lord, I am so sorry. Please forgive me of my sins please wash me in the blood of Jesus so that I will be as white as snow once more and wash away these sins and cleanse my conscience of unrighteousness. And that's according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. So again, you are free. As a believer, you are free from all condemnation because God has not dealt with you after your sins. This is incredibly freeing. That's Psalm chapter 103, verse 10. Let's go on to verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercy and loving kindness toward those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. Now, you need to read these verses and really understand them because you will see that there is a condition here. The first part of this verse only takes place if the second part of the verse is true. So, toward those who reverently and worshipfully fear him, God's mercy and loving kindness are great, for as the heavens are high above the earth. That's another way of saying verse 11. But I'll read it again as it is stated in the Amplified Classic Edition. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great are his mercy and loving kindness toward those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. Now, fear here is a reverential fear. It's not a you're very, very afraid and you're scared, but you are aware that even though your Father in heaven loves you, your Father is also God. He's also the Lord. Fear him with reverence and be humble before him. Amen. And be thankful for his loving kindness. Do not take it for granted. Amen. Do not take the blood of Jesus for granted like an ATM machine. Every time we sin, we just go to the machine and push a button and then the blood washes us. We need to go to the Lord with a humble spirit and a sorrowful repentance. Amen. But immediately we repent and we say, Lord, I will not do that again. And please give me your forgiveness the lord expects us to move on and not keep bringing up that sin to him he has decided not to remember that sin as soon as you confess it and he forgives you he chooses not to remember it and if god chooses not to remember our sins then he will expect us not to remember them and keep bringing them up because if he's washed away something then don't wash it up again amen So verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God does not want to keep these transgressions close to us for us to constantly be reminded or for him to be remembering them. God wants these things gone from us because his son's blood has washed us free from this sin. The sin is gone. The sin is dead. We are completely cleansed of all unrighteousness in our consciences, according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, when we confess our sins to the Lord. So at that point, God removes our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. And that, as you know, is a long way. Verse 13, as a father loves and pities his children, so the Lord loves and pities those who fear him with reverence, worship, and or again you see the word fear you see the word reverence there in the amplified classic edition and also worship amen so we must just be thankful to the lord raise your hands to the lord just have that humble heart and let your heart be thankful to the lord for his mercy and his grace completely undeserving and remember he had decided because he loved you to put your sin on his son so that you would be the righteousness of god in christ jesus that you would not keep having to pay the punishment for your own sin once and for all jesus has paid for all of your sins past present and future by his blood but we do have to confess our sins when we accidentally slip up and make those sins amen fall into them and if there is any sin in your life right now I do not want you to think that the sin is too great for God to forgive. There is no sin too great. If you killed someone, if you are repentant in heart, and you confess that sin to the Lord, he will forgive you. There is no sin too great for the blood of Jesus. Because otherwise, if you believe there is, in your mind calls into question the blood of Jesus and how powerful it is after all. And the blood of Jesus, there's nothing stronger than the blood of Jesus to deliver us from all iniquity, all sin, all forms of sickness, disease, those stripes at the whipping post, the suffering servant, Isaiah chapter 53, the scourging of the Lord Jesus at chapter 53 verse 5 in Isaiah. By that scourging, we are healed. And First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says we were healed by those stripes. Amen. So remember verse 14, for he knows our frame he earnestly remembers and imprints on his heart that we are dust. And again, first, John chapter 1 verse 9, it says in full, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness. And continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will in purpose, thought, and action. And you might say, Well, that's a very long verse. I don't remember it saying all those words. This is the Amplified Classic Edition that goes into more words and more description, verbose version of the verse. And so I encourage you to include it in your library of of Bibles if you have one. If we freely admit that we have sin because god knows that we sin he knows that we're about to commit sin he doesn't cause us to sin god is not the tempter but the bible says that jesus gives us a way of escape amen the way of escape i believe there is a way of escape before we sin we have a decision to make whether we're going to believe and carry out that sin we have a decision to make before and if we still go through with the sin, there is a way of escape from the wrath of God after the sin, and that's the blood of Jesus by confessing our sins in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. The verse goes on to say that he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought and action." And remember, it's a conditional verse. At the very beginning, it says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. So we must confess our sins and admit that we uh, have sinned to the Lord in order for him to cleanse us of all sins, to forgive us of those sins. Amen. And Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, while we are on this topic of sins and trespassing, it says, And you who were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature, God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us all our transgressions. Verse 14. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force, and stood against us, hostile to us. This note, with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. There's a lot of words there, but there were these decrees and demands, these legal decrees and demands, that were against us, recordings of our sins, amen? While we were dead in trespasses, in verse 13, and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, our sinful carnal nature, God brought to life together with Christ. He brought us with Christ together, amen? He brought us back to life. We were dead in trespasses, and now he's brought us to life together with Christ, And remember, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the resurrection life. So therefore, when anything touches Jesus, just as the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, she was miraculously healed quickly and immediately because she touched life. Jesus is the very essence of life, and he is the life, as well as being the way and the truth amen praise god so having cancelled and blotted out and wiped away verse 14 the handwriting of the note bond with its legal decrees and demands which was in force and stood against us hostile to us this note with its regulations decrees and demands he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross jesus's cross Verse 15, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. So we have been set free by Jesus on the cross. We were dead, but now we are alive. We've had all these decrees and demands canceled and blotted out. God has moved them completely aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing those decrees and demands to the cross. Whatever ended up on the cross—all our sin, these accusations, these legal decrees and demands—which was enforced and stood against us and hostile to us—it's already been paid for at the cross. Amen. Remember, sin cannot just go unpaid for. Amen sin has ramifications. Every choice has ramifications and repercussions in our lives. Amen. And God is a a God of justice. He loves justice. And he must take care of sin. He has to be just. And that is the way the Father was able to be just while at the same time loving us but having to send his Son, Jesus, to the cross in order for those things to be just and to be satisfied those legal issues were taken care of because of the precious sacrifice of the father's son Jesus and the great thing in verse 15 one of the benefits of the blood of Jesus at the cross is that God was able to disarm the principalities and powers the evil Satan and all those demons they are disarmed amen and those principalities and powers that were ranged against us and he made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him in christ and in it the cross so the devil didn't see the cross coming and thankfully he didn't figure it out amen god had an amazing plan but it cost his son And so his son, yes, his son may be back in heaven today as well as in us. But nevertheless, if you are a parent, you would never want to see your only child be sent to the cross. Amen. You would never want to see them go through that suffering. But the father had to go and endure that. And the son knew, Jesus knew, and he didn't go on the earth to fulfill his own will, but the will of him who sent him the Father. Amen. And you know Jesus agreed with the Father. Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God the Father, according to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. So we will continue this topic next week. But much to rejoice in today that you are set free by the blood of Jesus and the devil has nothing on you and don't let him. The devil has been disarmed and now you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus over evil which is beneath you. We are coming into the main topic of your identity in Christ. And we're going to be uncovering this in the next few weeks. Amen. So we are at the end of the program. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to send a prayer request, the email address is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. touchofgodradio at gmail.com. We are on YouTube and Facebook at Touch of God Radio. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.